so we'll begin by reading Ruth chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, and then 19 through 22. And then we'll read Ruth chapter 4, 14 through 17. Hear now the word of the Lord. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land, and a certain man of Bethlehem and Judah went to live in the country of Moab, he and his wife and two sons. The name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife, Naomi, and the name of his two sons were Malhan and Chilon. They were, they were Epaphrites from, ben, from Bethlehem and Judah. They went into the country of Moab and remained there. But Elimelech, the husband of Naomi, died, and she was left with her two sons. These took Moabite wives. The name of one was Orpah, and the other was Ruth. When they had lived there about ten years, both Malon and Chilon also died, so that the women were left without her two sons and without her husband. So the two of them went on until they came to Bethlehem. When they came to Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them. And the woman said, Is this Naomi? She said to them, Call me no longer Naomi, but call me Mara. For the Almighty has dealt bitterly with me. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi when the Lord has dealt harshly with me and the Almighty has brought calamity upon me? So Naomi returned together with Ruth the Moabite, her daughter-in-law, who came back with her from the country of Moab. They came to Bethlehem at the beginning of the barley harvest. Chapter 4. Then the women said to Naomi, Blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without next of kin. May his name be renowned in Israel. He shall be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age. For your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is more to you than seven sons, has borne him. Then Naomi took the child and laid him in her bosom and became his nurse. The women of the neighborhood gave him a name, saying, This a son has been born to Naomi. They named him Obed. He became the father of Jesse, the father of David. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. I know it's jumping around. It's hard when we're jumping around scripture, but there's a reason for it. The book of Ruth is an odd book. Okay. And it's not odd for the reasons that you might think. It's odd because it and the book of Esther are two books that are ascribed to women in a point in time where women were not considered, well, as important as they should be. Esther makes a little bit more sense because Esther is about Queen Esther, who is Jewish, and she does this whole thing of going into the, the king's chamber and saving her people, right? Makes good sense. But there's an entire book ascribed to Ruth. She's not Jewish. In fact, she's Moabite. In the book of Leviticus, there's actually a law that says no good Jewish person would travel to Moab. That Moab is bad. That Moabites are bad. They should be shunned. They should not be allowed. And yet, right here at the time of the judges, in what we have as the Old Testament, we have a book about Ruth, who is a, from Moab. 
We don't know exactly what all the situation was. We know that there was a famine in the land when Naomi and her husband and her family left Bethlehem and traveled to Moab. While they were there, her husband died, her sons got married, her sons died. So now then she is a stranger in a strange land with no more family around her. Her two daughters-in-law are traveling with her for a little bit of time. uh, And then she looks at them before they cross from Moab back into Israel and says, Look, I'm having to go back to my family. I can't provide for you. I'm not going to have any more sons for you to marry. Uh, I'm not sure that my family is going to receive me back. I'm sure, Lord, not sure what they're going to do with you because y'all are Moabites and Moabites are bad and they're not going to like you. So go back to your own families. And one of her daughters-in-law does. And, and, and departs in peace. She's not abandoning. It's a, it makes good sense. Yeah, we don't, probably don't need to go with you. But Ruth looks at her and utters that line. Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. And Naomi comes back and Ruth of course, starts to do work with gleaning and she's trying to, 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 to uh, provide food for her and Naomi. And then Boaz notices her and there's this whole long story about her and Boaz, right? Beautiful story. There's, there's just wonderful, wonderful stuff in that. How Naomi is broken. Ruth is faithful. The backdrop God is providing through, through Boaz, who does some kind of odd things on his own, some things that are not normally done that way, but yet still continues on with it. But I don't think, as important as that is, I don't think the story is really all about Ruth. I really think the story is about Naomi. Naomi begins the book and Naomi ends the book. Naomi comes back broken and bitter. In fact, when they go, hey, isn't that Naomi? She left a few years ago. She looks at him and says, don't call me Naomi, because Naomi literally means filled by God. She says, call me Mara, because I'm empty. I'm broken. I went away full. I went away, and life was good. And God has broken me, and she is angry with God. She says, he did this. I had a husband. I had two sons. Now I don't have a husband. I don't have two sons. I don't have anything. And she's hurt. And she is hurting. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever had a moment in your life where you went, I don't know what's going on and I don't know why this is going on, but something's happening and it's all falling apart. And God, where are you in this? Because throughout the entire book of Ruth, there is no record of God speaking. God's at work in the backdrop. God's at work behind the scenes. But there's not a single passage in the book of Ruth where it says, and thus said the Lord. Have you ever looked for God's voice? Wanted desperately to hear it? But couldn't just quite make out what he was saying? Have you ever been in that place? I hope you haven't, because it's not a fun place to be in. Uh, St. John of the Cross calls it the dark night of the soul. 
when you're really just all churned up because life as you know it is just falling apart. And that's where Naomi is. And here is all of the stuff that happens over the next four chapters of Ruth and Boaz. And they get married. And there's questions about that because that's really not, he's not really her next of kin that's supposed to be doing that. But he really likes her. Saw her out, you know, gleaming in the fields. And, 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 and then they had a date. Uh, it was kind of weird. They went to a threshing floor. There's a whole other story there. But it, it, they have this wonderful date. Boaz falls in love with her, goes to the elders of the city gate and says, hey, I want to marry her. They say, okay. They get married. They have a child. And at the end of the book, here is Mara, who now says, don't call me that, call me Naomi. Because this woman who had lost everything now has her grandson being laid on her lap. And she's taking care of her grandbaby. And she has a new son in Boaz. And the women of the town that were gossiping about her at the beginning are now looking at her and saying, you have, I don't know what you've been complaining about, Naomi, because you have Ruth. Ruth is better to you than seven sons. Look at what God has done to restore you. Look at what God has done to bless you. Look how God has taken this horrible, horrible situation and redeemed it. And at the end of the book, we see Naomi. We see Naomi acknowledging and giving thanks to God. Because, yeah, her life is very different than what she imagined. But her life is still restored, and it's blessed, and it's better than what she could possibly understood just a few chapters earlier. I don't think that God causes bad things to happen. God doesn't zap us with problems. That's not what Scripture teaches. Now, does God allow us to make choices and bear the consequences of those actions? Absolutely. Is there sickness and disease in the world? Yes, because sin entered the world and God's perfect creation was marred and that was not God's intention to begin with, but now that's a part of it. But God doesn't look and go, you get cancer. The tornado is going to hit your house. That's a part of this life, right? But God does allow those things. And God can move in any situation, in any point in time, in any circumstance. And God can make something good happen. God can bring a blessing out of the most impossible situations. There's this theologian named Frederick Buckner who said, here's the, the wonderful story about Easter and resurrection and new life, is that the worst possible things that can ever happen are never the last things that happen. No matter what you have been through this week, this month, in your life up to this point, you're still here. You may have been persecuted, but you haven't been crushed. You might have been knocked down, but you are not destroyed. God is still with you. God is still at work in you. Sometimes God works in us, through us, for us, or even in spite of us. Because there's plenty of times where there has been stuff that has happened in my life that has wrecked me where I have gone, I have no idea how that happened. Did someone get the number of that bus that just ran me over? 
There's other times there are things that have happened that has wrecked me, and it's because I'm dumb and I can make dumb choices sometimes. Not that any of y'all ever experience that. I know y'all are all smarter than me in that one, but it's the truth. And the reality of our faith is that our faith in Christ does not say that we will never experience difficult times. But our faith in Christ does say that God does not leave us, abandon us, or forget us. I don't know why they went to Moab. They could have gone anywhere. Why did they go to the one place God told them not to go, at least in in Levitical law? But there's where they were. And she's coming back out of Moab with a Moabite whom God is going to use and claim and redeem. And God's not only just going to make life good for Ruth, and God's not only going to restore Naomi. Obed becomes the father of Jesse. Jesse is the father of King David. There's no way at the beginning of the book There's no way Naomi knew how this story was going to end. Guys, I pray that you have had a wonderful week and that life is perfect. If it is, praise God. And don't forget to nourish that faith because unfortunately there will be storms that will come up from time to time. But maybe this week hasn't been perfect for you or this month's been difficult or there's a season in your life right now that's just really challenging. Don't give up. God's not done yet. God may not be speaking to you directly, but God is speaking and God is at work. We just not, might not be able to see it quite from where we sit in this particular moment. And no matter what it is, no matter whether it's a mistake that came out of nowhere or you royally stepped in it and stepped in it good, God can still redeem it. And God is still at work. There is no way Naomi knew in chapter 1 where chapter 4 was going to lead. But there it is. Because our God works in the most mysterious of ways with the most unlikely people in the most inopportune times to bring blessings out of situations that seem absolutely hopeless. So if you're having a little trouble finding hope this morning you're in the right place because we've got a God who declares to us that even when the worst thing happens it's never the last thing you might be sitting at chapter 1 chapter 4 is coming hey friends I just wanted to take a moment and say thank you for tuning into our message this week in the gathering we hope you found it meaningful and life-giving. As always, you're invited to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m., either in person here in the chapel or online. If you want to know more about who we are at Bluff Park United Methodist Church, you're invited to check out our website. There you'll find out who we are, what we have going on, and how you can be a part of it. As always, friends, if there's anything that we can do for you, you're invited to reach out to us. We are here to help you and support you in any way that we can. We hope that you're having a great week, and we look forward to seeing you soon.